Welcome everyone. I uh, want to greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, as we get together, I want you to meet three people. Uh, myself, I'm Steve Stratton, and I'm a prof I'm professor of counseling and pastoral care here in Wilmore. I want to introduce you to two good friends and colleagues, uh, Dr. Toddy Holman, who is professor, professor of counseling and, at, uh, at Wilmore, and uh, Dr. Javier Sierra, who is uh, professor of counseling down on our Orlando campus. And I, I kind of locate us in those campuses, but the reality is we are always traveling between these two areas because we teach on both campuses. We are in the air a lot, but not in the air as much as we used to be because of all the things that are happening. And that's the reason for this series. The, the, this new chapel series that we're taking part in is, uh, is called uh, Community Conversations. And this is the second one. And today we're gonna to be talking about anxiety because as we have been uh, all experiencing greater stress and greater anxiety as a result of what we're living in with the pandemic. And as we, uh, as we approach our time together today, we're coming to you with some experience working with people and uh, working in groups, both in churches and outside of churches. And we want to, to have a conversation about some of those issues that might be helpful, uh, at least we hope would be helpful as we move along today. So if I could, uh, one of the things we thought we'd start with as we were planning some of this was uh, we were talking about some things from scripture that have been helpful to clients or helpful as we've talked with other people around this time. And so uh, we thought we'd start with that. What a wonderful thing to start with scripture as a way of, of launching this conversation. So Javier, if you don't mind, uh, why don't you start us off and we'll just join you in those discussions. Sounds good, Steve. Uh, let me say um, hi to everyone as well uh, from Florida. Believe it or not, we're at 61 degrees today, so it's, it's, it's feeling really nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> just sending a little bit of, you know, our <laughs> way oh, of inviting yeah. people. <laughs> in my sweater. <laughs> we have wonder, wonderful weather today, so just <laughs> I'm sending it to you. <laughs> my space heater is on. Thanks, Javier. <laughs> I need to take advantage of these things. Well, anyway. <laughs> Um, let me let me let me let me reflect a little bit on this. Anxiety is a normal reaction that we all human beings have. As a matter of fact, even animals have that. It's part of our nervous system. We were wired that way. The Lord created us with levels of anxiety that are helpful for us to make sure that we are safe, that we can read the environment properly, that we can somehow sense and measure, you know, how risky a situation may be for us. So it's normal to feel anxious in several situations. But of course, there are moments when things get really out of control and anxiety may go up to levels that feel like we're going to actually about to die, you know, and then that can precipitate even panic and panic can really make you feel like you had to go to the ER or that you are definitely leaving this planet at that moment. Uh, but anxiety is part of who we are. In scriptures, it's, it's just, our Bible is full of passages and stories about anxiety. Even, even our Lord Jesus, he was anxious and he was really worried when he was just facing the fact that crucifixion was ahead of him in the next just just uh, few hours after he was in Gethsemane and 
and you know the story, you know, and 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 all the that happened prior to his crucifixion. But this moment in time, I, I'm reminded of a very particular passage, and actually, is is more than once uh, been told in scriptures. And this is the story when Jesus, after doing a lot of preaching and doing some miracles on a beach, thinking about Orlando and Florida, um, he he's done, and he has the disciples of, hey, folks, let's get on the boat and let's go to the other side of the lake. Um, and they did. So they started to navigate and cross the lake. And we read, uh, and this is my, 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 my way of saying it, that in the middle of going through this, um, just a big storm breaks. And, and all of these disciples, which, by the way, many of them were, were, were people that knew how to sail. They were very familiar with storms. Still, they got really scared. And they noticed that our Lord is taking a nap in the boat. That he is, you know, in, in a higher place in the boat. I think it was in the front of the boat. And he's just taking a nap like nothing is happening. And they are really scared. So they wake him up. And they sort of yell at him, I guess. And in the middle of the chaos, they are saying, Lord, you don't care? We're not about to die here. And somehow the Lord, you know, kind of gets a little bit upset. I wonder if in part it's because as a human being, you know, when you are in that situation, you're taking a good nap, maybe feeling like you're swimming, you know, like having this way of, 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 of soothing yourself. And you're, you're just suddenly, you know, being awake uh, by people yelling at you and with these awful faces of fear, um, he got angry and upset. Some people do that, you know, and, and, and it can happen. But also, I always wonder if part of his, his anger, his frustration with them was that they actually forgot who the guy taking a nap in the boat was. And this is just probably minutes, probably hours after he performed so many things and delivered, you know, in powerful words to many people, including them. They knew him already. They knew him to a certain extent. And still they have doubts. They forgot that the Lord said, let's go to the other side. They were under promise. He never said, we're going to go to the other side in the boat. He could have been swimming, right? But he promised. He promised. So in that passage, I'm always reminded, you know, we, it's natural. We get scared. We can get anxious. And sometimes it feels as if the Lord is taking a nap in the middle of the storm. For many right now in this country and the whole planet, as a matter of fact, that might be the feeling, you know, like uh, things are getting out of control. The storm, has, you know, it's breaking really strong and we have no control over what's happening around. So crossing the line of normal anxiety to really getting out of control and feeling we're going to die. We're going to end here. And we reach out, you know, we know a Lord that can do things. And we reach out and we don't hear anything. We don't see anything. As a matter of fact, there is a promise that in the next couple of weeks, things are going to get worse in the U.S., uh, wow, that's scary, right? Mm -hmm. He is in the boat. And that's my word for you today. He is in the boat. And he promised, we're going to get to the other side. We're going to get to the other side. And he continues to be Lord. So I hope that word somehow sinks in, you know, gets into your system, into your, your uh, brain and nervous system, and really floods every part of your body, soothing you with the fact that he's our refuge. That he's our fortress. That's my word. Great. You know, Javier, you um, actually triggered another passage that had to do with boats and water and storms. 
uh, with Jesus. And this one has to do with Peter. Right. This is the one where, uh, again, Jesus sent the disciples off in a boat while he stayed behind. I think he, to finally get some of his quiet on yes. with his father, um, the guys are in the boat. They're out in the, the storm brews. It's a really kind of scary storm. Um, and Jesus comes walking on the water. Mm -hmm. I want to say, Jesus, what were you thinking? But, uh, you know, that's not for me to know. Uh, but I remember the disciples saw Jesus and their first thought was they were scared because they thought. It was a ghost, were, yeah. It was a ghost because in their <laughs> mind, they still had the mindset of their culture. And the only way they could interpret what they were seeing was this is a ghost because that's what their cultural uh, worldview, yeah. how they would have interpreted yeah. it. Jesus cuts right through that and says, no, it's me. And of course, Peter, the great foot-in-mouth disciple, says, well, if it is you, tell me to come walk on the water. I don't know that Peter really expected that invitation to come. Uh, and uh, I think we often say that ourselves. We make these claims and basically say, Jesus, this is my faith in you. Tell me to, to come. And he says, yeah, come. Mm. So, you know, the story is, you know, Peter gets out of the boat. He keeps his eyes on Jesus. The storm was still there. And he was doing great until he started looking at all the waves around him. And then he naturally became afraid and he cried out, Jesus, save me. And Jesus did. He reached out his yeah. hand, he grabbed yeah. Peter, and uh, they both then got into the boat again. And I, and I think for me right now, um, when I begin to let my thoughts naturally drift to the what ifs, mm. you know, who might I lose that I love in this pandemic? Right. I, I think I'm trying to be realistic and say it's foolish for me to think that no one I love is going to be taught, you know, all of my beloved will remain untouched by this. Um, I think about myself. What if I come down with it? Well, if I die, then I'm going to be in a better place and y'all are left with cleaning up the mess after me and that's your problem, <laughs> not mine. Um, but the unknown, and so what I remind myself, I, I do give myself grace for those moments of being overwhelmed, um, for the tears that, that may come and fill my eyes, but I also quickly know who my beloved father is and who holds my hand and who cradles me and comforts me as if I, I also love the passage of God holding me in the palm of his hands. This has always been a comforting passage to me. I think of myself in those moments as a beloved child where my father then wraps his arms around me, lets me cry, holds me and says, I've got you. I'm here with you. I have you. Breathe. Let me hold you in these moments. And so I, I sort of, that helps me calm down. Yes, um, that well. helps me center. It helps me kind of take a breath to be in the present moment right now, knowing that my father will equip me to manage whatever the next moment is. But my job right now is to fear not in this present moment. Mm. So that's one of the passages I go to. Yeah. 
that's good. That is really good. It reminds me of one of my favorite passages from the Old Testament this time. Uh, in Second Corinthians, Second uh, Kings, uh, chapter six, there's this wonderful story that I've loved since I was a boy. Uh, it's uh, it tells the story of Elisha and his servant, mm -hmm. and uh, oh, yeah. and I, I won't give you all the background. People can go and read that if they'd like to. It's a fun story, uh, but but basically the servant comes out of the house and there are these, this display of army uh, in front of him. And they are there to uh, this whole army to take out Elijah. And I guess the servant is saying, uh, you know, I'm guilty as an accomplice here. Mm -hmm. so they're probably coming after me too. And the servant turns around and says, what are we going to do? And Elisha <laughs> just says, don't be afraid. Uh, those who are, are more on our side, we have more on our side than on their side. And of course the servant's saying, what is he talking about? You know, what in the world? All I can see is the army. All I can see is what's facing us here. All I can see are the conditions. This, you know, he's, this is reality here. This is reality here in this, and, uh, and what I'm looking at does not look like a very good reality at all. And Elisha says, no, you're not seeing reality. Reality is much bigger than you realize. Uh, reality is, you're not seeing reality until you see God in the midst of this. Amen. And so he prays. Elisha prays that his servant's eyes will be open. And the servant looks around and goes, oh, I get it. I get it. Because he sees the armies of God that are displayed in protective position all around. Right. The servant goes, oh, okay, it makes sense. I can see why you were, not, you were not feeling so stressed about these kind of things. Because you knew that God was present that he was active, that he, even when my eyes were just captivated by all of the threats around me, he was here and I just needed to be reminded and my eyes needed to be open to the fact that, that he is with us and he is here in this moment. As you're saying, in this present moment, he is here. And for me, that has been for, for clients, for other people that I've been talking with, it's that idea that, that reality, it, we're not seeing reality until we're recognizing that God is with us in this moment and we count him. And when we count him in the moment, our perspective changes. It, it's, it's like we are, we are with the one who holds us in the palm of his hand. You know, we are with the one who, who, is, uh, who counts us as beloved and cares for us deeply. You know, we are, we are with the one who has things under control. As you were saying, Javier, I mean, that's the, we, we serve that kind of God and he takes care of us in the midst of these things, no matter what the circumstances may look like. Which, by the way, that speaks, I think, very clearly about a good definition of prayer. In reality, prayer is to raise the awareness of God's presence, mm. you know, yeah. being able to embrace him. Yes. as he's embracing us. And so when we suddenly open up our minds and realize, oh, there he is, or I am right here, you know, just sitting right here on his hand. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, that's, that's prayer. We, we, we don't need to speak. Yeah. We don't need to say much. We just let go. We just let go, which also reminds me of attachment theory, of course, right? <laughs> How did that come <laughs> Right? I mean, think about it. it we, we know that what makes a baby to soothe is to feel safe, secure, you know, right there with either mom or dad or that significant one who's caring for him or her. 
when the baby's crying because he's hungry, because he's in pain, because he's afraid, because whatever, they are looking always, you know, to that safe and secure available person who's responsive. We're a baby. We are that baby looking for our father, looking for our Lord to really come and soothe us and say, it's okay. We're going to make it. You're going to make it. Don't worry. Don't worry. And if you don't make it on earth, you're going to be here at home. And, and that will be fine, too. And I'll take care of the rest of people that is behind you. I mean, it's, it's that soothing word that the Lord is with us. So I like that, Steve. I like that a lot. I like that, too, Toddy. It was, it was really powerful. One of the other things that our conversation is reminding me of is the fact that Scripture, our Lord knows we're going to be anxious. Yeah. Yes. That's why that you find so many uh, passages that start with fear not, right? Yeah. And I don't think that that is uh, um, a scolding word to us, like, oh, you're afraid, bad, bad, bad person. Yeah. Um, but as much as a, a statement of, I recognize that this is going to be scary for you, mm. that fear is going to be a natural I've created you that way, but let me remind you, I am here. And so I also turn my thoughts to uh, First Peter, uh, where the, it's the uh, diaspora there in dangerous times that it wasn't a safe time to be a Christian. Um, mm -hmm. And Peter is, in First Peter, talking about how do we live as faithful followers of Jesus in the midst of a dangerous time. Mm. And so the one passage I always come back to is the passage where um, I'm gonna read it. Uh, it's from 1 Peter 5. Therefore, humble yourselves under God's power so that he may raise you up in the last day. Throw all your anxiety on him because mm. he cares for you. Yeah, that's one of my but favorites. then it goes on, be clear headed. Now, friends, when I'm anxious, clear-headed is not where I am. <laughs> I kind of find that funny that those two verses are juxtaposition, you know, right next to one another. Be clear-headed, keep alert, and et cetera. So I take great comfort in knowing that God has compassion for me when I am anxious, when I'm having a hard time fixing my eyes on Jesus, when my eyes are drawn to what's going on around me mm -hmm. and my own fear rises up. But then when I cast, throw, not just lightly toss, but literally pick up and throw, think like a shot putter with something heavy, casting that, it takes energy and focused and attention. Um, yeah. And then I can be clear headed and then I can be um, courageous in stepping into the next present moment with, with Jesus. Uh, I think that's really important. I, I, I'm just thinking about what you and Javier just talked about. I, I think about the times in my life when I'm anxious and fearful that my prayers oftentimes are just vomits of fear. You know, it's, and, and, and it really captivates. Uh, it's those, prayer, those prayers are more declarations of just fear uh, mm -hmm. than anything else, as opposed to what we're talking about, which is Though certainly casting our cares upon him is required, but the clear thinking, which follows up those prayers of fear by declaring who God is yeah. and remembering how he has saved us in the past and 
being able to to walk into the future knowing that we walk with him we we are he is in the boat he is you know the armies are displayed around us we are in his care and the the reality of the fears that we feel are no more present than the reality of the God we serve and who loves us and cares for us as well. And we have to, I think in our prayer life, as, as we're talking about here, we have to, to balance. Yes, here's, here's the cares, but here is the one who cares, you know, for us. Amen. 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 Such a good word. What can we suggest in other practical terms to our audience today? How, how do they make this practical? I mean, we're talking about being aware of God's presence and, and trusting him and we're creating room to feel normal, right? Mm-hmm. The, it's, it's normal to go through this. Uh, we all go through stuff like this and it is hard. Sometimes we're weak, sometimes we're strong. Yes. Uh, so we're normalizing the experience of, of many and at the same time we're saying, and the Lord is the same. He hasn't changed. He continues to be there and we're on the promise. So we're sending that message to everyone. And, and I, I've been blessed, by the way, you know, just, just listening to you folks and, and reflect on this right now. I, I'm being blessed. Like you have no idea. What else can we add to, to, to this, you know, coming from our context as clinicians and, and teachers and, and people that lead others, you know, into serving others in, in the ways that we train them. Um, what ideas come to mind, folks? Let me just say, as we're getting into this, I think we're touching on the cognitive side. Uh, and I think that's, and the emotional side. I, I think there's a lot of things to be gained from uh, talking about our bodies and how we care for our bodies in the midst of, of all of this. And I, I know, Tati, you, you do a lot of work around movement and, and embodied sorts of practices. So I, I'd be curious in, in hearing what you've got to say about that. Oh, I have lots to say about that. <laughs> at all <laughs> but I do think just on a basic level to to be as physically active within social distancing now we gotta you know, do that as well but to stay physically active I know that uh, that helps me a great deal um, getting out and walking in the neighborhood whether it's cold or warm actually helps mm. um, finding some sort of breath breathing practice, whether it's just a basic breathing in and breathing out with focus. Um, I I don't need to go into all the neurobiology of that, but uh, panic breathing is upper chest breathing, and it gets your your brain's alarm system going, whereas deep belly breathing is more likely to activate your brain's, your tendon befriend, the calming Mm -hmm. system in our, our, our being, this is how we were wired. So that's pretty basic. Um, I'm reminded also that when I get focused on the future that I need to come back to the present moment. And so uh, I was listening to a little podcast by one of our graduates, Abby Randall, just the other day. And she reminded me of the five, four, three, two, one, her language and the present moment when I get afraid uh, I guess it doesn't really matter what, how you put the numbers together. Five things you see, four things you can touch, three things you hear, maybe two things you smell. Hopefully they're delightful smells. <laughs> um, but if not, you're in the present. And then one thing you might taste, uh, like I'm tasting my constant comment tea this morning. <laughs> that, 
present moment um, embodied experience can really ground me in the here and now so that my alarm system is a little more tuned down and I can think more clearly. Is that what you're thinking about, Steve, in terms of those practices? Yeah, yeah, I th I, that's, what, that's what I was curious about because I know uh, mm -hmm. there are even moments to, to bring an embodied sort of experience into our prayer life. Yeah. I mean, as, yeah. as we're thinking yeah. about that, I, I think uh, sometimes when I am caught up in the anxiety of things, uh, initiating even body movements in my prayer life, whether it's just lifting my hands while I'm praying or you know, whether it's actually standing up and walking slowly as I'm praying, uh, any of those things that bring my body into this have a way of, of bringing down some of the obstacles to the way I'm thinking or to the, the uh, intensity of my feelings, I think. So do we have time for an experience? I don't know. I'm not watching the clock. What do we have left, Steve? Uh, we've got just about five minutes left. Okay. If you would be willing to go with me, we can embody the Lord's Prayer. Okay. That sounds okay. good. Yeah, so for those of you who are watching this at home, you can do this too. You can even be sitting. So if you would, um, I'm going to be speaking the Lord's Prayer. And of course, now that I'm going to be saying it, let's hope I remember it, right? It's in my cells, but um, let's hope I get it right. <laughs> That's what anxiety does sometimes. <laughs> no pressure, no yeah. right. So you can do this with your eyes open and your eyes closed, but I'll give verbal cues. Um, so everybody can bring your hands to prayer as it's appropriate for you. Our Father, take a deep breath and raise your hands up to heaven, who art in heaven. Hinge at your waist and fold over your thighs. Hallowed be your name. Place your hands on your thighs and lift your heart to heaven. Thy kingdom come, bow again, thy will be done. Lift your hands up to heaven again on an inhale, on earth as it is in heaven. Bring your hands to heart center. Give us this day our daily bread. Lift your eyes up and hands, inhale, and forgive us our trespasses. Hinge at the waist and fold as we forgive those who trespass against us. Place your hands on your thighs and straighten your arms and lead us not into temptation. Hinge at the waist and fold, but deliver us from evil. Take a deep breath in and rise, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, lift your hands to heaven. Take them back to your heart on an exhale, amen. Breathe in and open your eyes. And take a breath. That's wow. powerful for me, even just sitting here. I don't know about you, Javier. Wow. Yes, thank you, that, that's so refreshing, thank you. Yeah, it is, even I, I have that. And I think I got all the phrases right, too, right? There's my performance anxiety. <laughs> you know, and I think that's the thing we, we want to say. Anxiety means that we are often not at our best. Mm -hmm. uh, anxiety means, for all the reasons Javier talked about, we, we become self-protective. We, uh, we kind of get self-absorbed in our survival, you know, in the moment when we're anxious, which means that it's one of the very things we need is that connection with other people, social distancing, of course, emphasized here, but we need connection. We need those kind of connections. I was reading yesterday how loneliness actually decreases our viral response 
uh, mm. in, of our bodies. And, and so I think that's one of the things we have to, we need to be reaching out and connecting with other people, but also recognizing that people in our home, our families, people in our residence halls, people that are maybe in other connections are not going to be at their best, even as we are not at our best. So we have to have a lot of grace for one another in these times, but we do need each other desperately, I think. Any other thoughts about that, Javier, before we go? Well, I think, I think, you know, I think this new normal that we're living in is actually creating more opportunities to connect because you may be in the same room with someone physically. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're connected to that someone. Good point. And, but, it, but if you think about it, you, both my friends here, we have talked to each other this week more than normally, you know, we talk wow. to each other. Right. And so it, 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 there is a new window of opportunity for connection. It is really to allow our limbic system to reach out to your limbic system. That can happen through the camera. That can, that can happen through the screen. So there is no excuse for us, you know, right now not to be able to connect. There, is, there, is, there are plenty of opportunities to do it. We just need to change the way we think about connecting and reaching out to others. The Lord has created us as humans that require connection we need the connection so i agree connecting with him connecting to him connecting to the community to others and then we have neighbors around even if we don't go and hug them you know we just say hi we wave how you doing you know good to see you and all of those messages enrich them and enrich us i think in the process so i'm so glad that we're having this conversation i am too i was i was out walking this morning and actually one of my neighbors who was walking by, we were on opposite sides of the street and he just went, unclean, unclean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that he doesn't have any of it, the, the virus, but, but it's just that sort of attitude we have. In that. I was gonna say, maybe he knows that you work at Asbury. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a pastor too, so it's oh, all okay. religious yeah. that is. But, yeah, I've said hello to more neighbors walking than I ever had before. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, as we yeah. end today, let me let me just remind people, uh, Javier, you did a great job of, of speaking to when our, our normal anxiety becomes panic, when it goes over the over the edge to some degree mm -hmm. for us, and we're not doing well. We're in we're in distress, and we're just staying in distress. We would like to also say that that it is very very much a our hope that people will feel comfortable about contacting a pastor, uh, a counselor, uh, a therapist, somebody in their area who can, can come alongside and assist. And right now, everybody in, in our business, everybody in our ministry has moved to telehealth. And so the opportunity to have services in your home, uh, you don't ever have to go out, uh, nothing that would expose you to any, any kind of viral infection. And to, to be able to do that on now online platforms that are confidential and HIPAA compliant. Uh, mm -hmm. So these are things that you can use uh, to really bring into your life in a way that will support and sustain you and really create conditions for the Holy Spirit to be able to have, uh, be able to, to move into your life in a new way because you're opening yourself up uh, to his movement when you do these kinds of things. It's just, enough, we see it as another discipline, I think. So we are very grateful. It's fun to be with my friends uh, during this chapel yeah. time. Thank you, Javier, thank you, Toddy. And, uh, and oh, we, we pray that some of this has been helpful 
to you as you've watched us today. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. In these days, we all need it. Look at his face. Mm. So, Amen. 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 Amen.